0: start with that and then I'll uh, cut away for the actual uh, interview that I had today with Matt and Lynn Spinks. So um, many of you know if you've been looking at my uh, Facebook page uh, and even my personal page uh, that my mom has been extremely sick uh, for the last couple of years and uh, uh, she got cancer and uh, unfortunately that cancer has... um, taken her life. She lost her um, She lost her battle with cancer. But you know what? I shared the uh, eulogy that I spoke at her funeral, and she is in heaven with our Father, and she gets to see in fullness the joy which we only see in part. So that is the joy that we have. Now, I wish that she would have gotten up out of that bed and been healed. I wish that she would have been able to, um, stand up and, and, uh, have her right mind about her in her last days. But unfortunately she did not. And it's been a pretty tough season. So I really appreciate all of you listeners who, um, are listening right now. Um, because, uh, quite frankly, it's been a very challenging season for me and my family. But uh, I love you guys, and I'm excited to share with you today um, this uh, interview that I've had with uh, Lynn and Matt Spinks. Now, um, I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm not going to put a a thought in before the actual interview. We'll clarify a few things after the interview, um, just in general. But uh, please go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the like the Warriors Cry. And you can also like Warriors on the Wall. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Warriors on the Wall with my new uh, walk that I've been in these last few weeks. I don't know if uh, it's going to be the same or if it's going to change, or we'll see how it actually works. But uh, you can go to facebook.com forward slash uh, the Warriors Cry and facebook.com Warriors on the Wall. Uh, and you can like both pages. I'd really appreciate that. Um, so without further ado, we're going to go ahead and start the interview. But uh, stay tuned. It is, it's it's a, a crazy walk on the wild side uh, with Matt and Lynn Spang. <laughs> Hey, and welcome to The Warrior's Cry. My name is James Edwards. I'm your host of The Warrior's Cry. I've got a treat for you guys scheduled today. Um, I've actually got uh, Matt and Lynn Spinks, a father and son powerhouse duo, um, on the podcast today. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, the patriarch Lynn, first.
1: Patriarch. Yeah, my name is Lynn Spinks. (laughs) I'm still a mystical drunk monk, wow, Uh, I don't know what to say, but hey, we're one, we love it, y'all, we love,
0: amen, there you go, all right, we've got Len on, and we've also got Matt, now Matt actually runs a YouTube channel, Uh, it's, uh, I think the channel's named uh, You Are Gods, is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's it, man, that's
0: it. And yeah.
2: And, uh, our, our ministry is called the firehouse projects, uh, based out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. So, uh, my wife, Katie and I, and we have two kids and we've been a part of a, of a cool community here in Fort Wayne for about 10 years or a little more, um, meeting homes and, and, uh, yeah, do all kinds of creative stuff wherever the spirit leads, but we really have a heart for a community and, uh, Um, And just preaching the the good news of the kingdom of heaven at hand and and, uh, our inclusion in the Trinity and the gospel of grace and all kinds of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's an honor to be here, man. Thanks for having us.
0: I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to to be with me today. Um, So we're going to kick off the conversation by just kind of uh, talking about where um, you guys began in this crazy thing called grace. So uh go ahead and tell me where you started out on this uh journey Lynn and and then we'll go to you Matt.
1: Wow. Wow. <clears throat> well really my, Matt is responsible for for uh really giving me the glimpse into the gospel. I grew up in church and uh raised in a Pentecostal church and most of my life in and out of the church and trying to follow the Lord and even having a lot of different kinds of experiences, encounters or prophetic things happening off and on in my life, and I felt like I was fairly sound in my theology about God, but about about eight years ago, I started watching some of matt Matt started producing some of these videos that were presenting something that was really very strange <laughs> to me at least uh, <laughs> You know, what I thought wasn't necessarily biblical, you know, a, a happy, joyful gospel, a message of absolute sinless life, you know, and a, uh, a gospel that presents this idea that we are, in fact, holy, even divine, <clears throat> and the fact that he quoted scripture that says, ye are God's. Uh, was the one thing that kind of stuck in my crawl the most about (laughs) the idea that we could possibly be considered to be divine. Always thinking, I always thought we'd be robbing from God to consider ourselves, you know, to be that much like him. But anyway, about five years ago, sitting really in in one of Matt's conferences, Matt was doing a three-day conference, a weekend conference. I was living in Indianapolis and he was, in Fort Wayne, but he would come to Indianapolis with a friend, and I went to one of his conferences, and I've been watching him preach, I've been following him his whole life, because the Lord showed me that, you know, Matt's called to be a prophet, a minister of the gospel, but uh, just uh, one of his meetings one night, the Lord asked me to do something, what he said, I'm going to ask you to do something undignified. <laughs> and the Lord asked me to just go <laughs> lay down on the floor at the end of one of his meetings. And in and Matt's meetings, there's all these really amazing, somewhat uh, unnerving manifestations. And so <laughs> it made me real uncomfortable at first. But uh, the Lord asked me in that in that night to do something undignified, which simply was to go lay down on the floor. But when I did that, all of a sudden, he just started pouring into me, or all of a sudden, I just became awakened to something I had never even imagined was possible, and I began to get revelation, I began to have an experience, an encounter that lasted like eight or nine days, I hardly ate or slept for that period of time, and I was just getting downloads of Revelation. I kept hearing him say, like Peter said at the day of Pentecost, this is that. He was giving me reinterpretations of scripture by the spirit, what it really meant. This is the gospel. This is that. I was laughing hysterically. I cried for a couple days for the hearts of people I lived close to, sitting out on my back porch just looking at the neighbors and weeping over you know hearts that didn't know God were lost but from that day forward now it's been it's been almost 6 years it's just been an ongoing experience of revelation and the knowledge of, of God and that word knowledge meaning a literal intimate relationship with knowing that God is real he's alive he talks to me I hear him I'm in union with him, I'm a relationship with him. And so everything's different. My whole theology's different. My my life is different. But my understanding and awareness of God is better than imagined. So Amen that's where I am today. Anyway, so, I, oh yeah, I mean, I've got a whole different school. It's like the first two years was an intense school of, of reeducation theologically, but you now it's living a life in union and Matt has a beautiful community here. So, you know, interestingly enough, Matt was for me at least for a little while, like a spiritual father that was leading me into this, but now it's beautiful to have a relationship with my son. It's just like friendship and, uh, Mm-hmm. We even live together. We do community together. He started a community here 12 years ago that's grown into this just beautiful expression of the body of Christ. And and that's what we preach together is that we walk it out daily, that this life is a life that's so abundant in love and peace and joy that it's a stark contrast to what the world has to offer but it's the most beautiful life and the most empowering life and the most fulfilling life. So it's a joy and a pleasure to live it every day. That's where I'm at. Thanks for asking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, you tell us uh, your story. Cause it sounds like you were uh, actually more of the patriarch in this story. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, uh, I, I did always have the, the love and support of my, my father and and uh and my my mom, too, so it's definitely been, a, I owe a lot to them for sure, um, but yeah, it, you know, my story is, it is interesting, ever since I was a kid, I've had a sense of God's presence, I remember as a kid wanting to do my homework because I felt like God wanted me to do it, you know, I was like like just the good kid, you know or whatever, in a lot of ways and and uh um but you know uh I mean, I had times where I was you know dabbling in rebellion or whatever but but even right out of high school man i went uh you i just wanted to to serve God, and one of my first encounters with uh with radical kind of believers or whatever or spirit filled believers was with uh youth with a mission and uh and so You know, being the good kid that I was, I I just, I listened to, you know, you you go to church and a lot of times you can get the sense that half the people are just clocking in their time, you know, and not really paying attention even to the messages or whatever. But I was always the guy that was like, I can kind of relate to, to Paul when he said, you know, he was the Pharisee of Pharisees or whatever, (laughs) like whatever was preached on Sunday, dude, I went out and tried to do it as much as I could. So I ended up in YWAM, you know. And, uh, you know, in the church, they're always talking about, uh, you know, uh, go to the nations or, or, uh, you know, the radical ones are the guys that go to the ends of the earth and bury themselves in Siberia somewhere serving the Lord, you know,
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something.
2: So I could say I did all that, man. I mean, I, I went to the ends of the earth, and I actually went to India and lived, you know, six hours from the nearest city in a village, you know floored my life to to share what I knew of Jesus with, you know, with the unreached or or whatever, you know, praying hours a day, waking up at 5 a.m. to do my quiet times. And, you know, uh, I mean, it ended up, long story short, I mean, I, you know, I had some real power encounters in 2000, 2001 um, with the fire of God. And, and uh, I mean, my heart was just to you know, I was fasting multiple days a week and praying hours a day and, and uh doing evangelism, going to the ends of the earth. And uh but you know, it it actually ended up for me in uh about what was it, two thousand and four or whatever. I, I just looked around and I saw all the missionaries around me burning out. I saw, you know, no one seemed happy, everyone was just kinda of barely surviving and uh I just I said you know, something's not working here, (laughs) and I don't want to end up like all these guys around me. I could feel myself kind of getting tired. I was in the desert. You know, I didn't have a lot of friends. I was in a literal, you know, wilderness up in uh, northeast India, and uh, so I, I felt the Lord say, I want to take you back to where you grew up to just learn, to relearn what it means to be just a church. I was doing church planning work, but he was kind of showing me, like, you don't even understand what church is. And uh so anyway, um I, I came back to Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, which is kinda when I mean, is where we're from and and uh you know, tried to get together with some some friends here to relearn. You know, we, we I didn't even know what we were relearning. All I knew was something's gotta be different, you know. Let's see, I, I went without with all the radical of the radicals in the body of Christ to are doing everything you're supposed to do, you know. And uh, yet none of us were really seeing like the book of Acts, you know. None of us were seeing like, you know, the joy or the the, the fruit or we were just barely surviving, you know. And uh, so it wasn't until – so we actually kind of started a community then, and I still didn't have – I wasn't encountering what we call grace now or even the gospel really. Um, In fact, our initial attempts at community were just more – religious stuff i mean we had each other in our in our first years of the community here we in in trying to re-explore what it meant to be church we were scheduling out all the hours of our day um keeping each other accountable to to every single hour of our day you had to have an accountability partner were you praying enough were you worshiping enough were you doing evangelism enough were you loving your family enough were you you know we were trying to do it all you know uh by what I see now is sheer willpower, but anyways, uh, <laughs> thank God. So I'll get to now to the grace parts. Sorry if that was a long setup here, but oh,
0: that's fine, brother. <laughs>
2: but honestly, dude, uh, it wasn't until 2008 that um, you know my first kind of experience was uh, I was leading worship for uh, it was actually a house of prayer event in our city because we'd gotten involved with the house of prayer and stuff, and uh, and one night we you know we led worship. I don't know, for a couple hours, and I, I actually was singing this one particular song, the same song, for 45 minutes straight that night, and because it was supposed to be a breakthrough prayer event, and uh, I was like, we're going to break through the heavens tonight, we're going to break them open, bro, we're going to do this, so so we sang this one song about opening the heavens for like 45 minutes, you know, and, uh, and then the next day, uh, one of the guys at the event, who I didn't know very well, but he he seemed like a lot of glory on his life. I mean, anointing and fruit and stuff. I, so I kind of, I could just tell he was overflowing him and his wife. They invited me and my wife over for lunch. And, uh, he's like, you know, I love that song you were singing last night at the, at the prayer event. I love your worship and stuff. I appreciate it. Um, but you do know the heavens are already open, right? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, uh, uh-huh, sure. You know, and I just played it off, you know, and, and, uh, you know, they actually ended up sharing a lot of what I know now is the gospel with us that day. I just kind of pretended like I knew what was going on, but it was, you know, for the next few weeks, it was resounding in my spirit. Just, uh, you do know the heavens are already open, right? You do know the heavens are already open. <laughs> and I, Cause you know, our big thing was we thought, you know, our sin had closed the heavens or that, you know, God wasn't hearing our prayers or, or at least like, you know, I mean, there may be a lot of fruit that could happen in our region, but basically we had to get it all together. We had to, I mean, we would even preach sometimes that, you know, until the apostles get positioned or we all, you know, repent enough, then the heavens are going to be closed, you know? And so that day, you know, he was just sharing with me, this, this brother was sharing, you know, Jesus rent the temple curtain from top to bottom and, you know, uh, the, in the body of Jesus, all of, you know, heaven and earth are brought together in one. And, and then in that in that season of time that early 2008 time god set me up with a, a few different voices um and a couple of books and stuff that um and some encounters and uh, it was all confirming this reality that what if you know what if uh, the fullness of heaven is all around us it's just that we have forgotten that we are unaware you know what if the, god was so much better than we thought and uh you know, what if, what if it's all finished? You know, just a lot of these questions and a lot of these uh, realities begin to change in my, in my experience of that time through, through a few friends. And, and uh, even, you know, I literally in that time, I remember, because we, you know, we still, we doing all our prayer times for hours a day. And I just remember going to some of our prayer sessions and just sitting there laughing, like the whole time, or just being completely without words, like, Just sitting there in prayer, unable to say anything because I was like, oh my God, everything that I ever asked for, it feels like it's here. Like I can, I'm like, I begin to experience stuff. And we begin to see all kinds of miraculous healings and and manifestations, signs and wonders and stuff, and people that we would pray for. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. So I don't know, I could go on forever. So, but maybe I should stop there for now.
0: Well guys, my awakening point really was uh, a couple months ago. Like I've been a believer since uh gosh, I was 15. And uh before that I was raised in a Christian church and all that kind of stuff. But when you're a teenager, you kind of experiment with some weird stuff. I kind of experimented with some satanism and, you know, weird stuff like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And um <clears throat> so when I actually came to Christ um back then like I was called into the prophetic. I was called into all of this stuff. Of course, I didn't understand what it meant. I thought it meant that I was supposed to be like, you know, Samuel or Isaiah or whatever. Um, and so, you know, there for the first few years, I was an angry guy. You know, like I was revealing truths angrily. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I start going down to this path of, sure. of theology and studying theology, and I I was a Pentecostal. Uh believe it or not I became a Pentecostal Lutheran church of all places. Um
2: Wow.
3: Nice. I grew up
0: Lutheran too. <laughs> really?
3: Well, yeah, a, yeah, yeah.
0: it was a spirit-filled Lutheran church. Uh they were part of a uh, uh the Missouri Synod or whatever which uh apparently was Yep, that
2: was ours. That was ours too. Yep. Familiar with
0: it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they uh uh I got baptized in the Holy Spirit by, you know, one of our pastors that was wearing his his full, you know, uh Lutheran you know, priestly robe and all that kind of stuff. And I was spirit in the chapel and all that kind of stuff. And I just remember, um, you know, for like almost a full day, just shaking and talking in tongues and nothing else, you know, Mm. for the first day. Um, and then I started thinking that I knew what I was talking about. And I started reading scripture and I started studying other theologians and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I think I had a pretty good grasp on the scriptures. And then about three or four months ago, well, about six months ago, uh, I met a friend It's a mutual friend on Facebook. Um, and he just started like, you know, sewing some truths into me, you know, um, one of my words that I would say to people was, you know, the greatest commandment of all was to love your neighbor as, as you love yourself and, uh, you know, love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, well, let me twist your thinking on that a little bit. He goes, that's actually Jesus' understanding, or Jesus's explanation of the Old Testament. he goes
2: there you
0: go <laughs> he said, "Love everyone as I have loved you, and that was like the first step, and the next thing I know, he starts sending me all this stuff uh over email, he sent me uh Brian Schultz, no more bastards uh c d which' <laughs> correct nice. me guys um, that's awesome. He sent me uh, the uh, book Mystical Union by John Crowder, and uh, yeah. I listened to the first chapter of Mystical Union, and um, I I had to listen to it multiple times, because he makes this comment that he said, first off, he says, if you read Romans 6 every day of your life, uh, or every day for a year, your entire theology will change, and... Yeah. Um, and he basically reveals that we don't have to sin. We don't have to do any of this stuff. We don't have to, to come on put in that, that place. Well, I've lived that six cycle Christianity for many years, you know, the, the yeah. six cycle carousel of, Oh, well, if you sin, <laughs> just ask for forgiveness, repent, regret it mm-hmm. and move on. you know, um, and then, you know, when I heard him talk about that, uh, that we don't have to sin, it challenged me. It it <laughs> it really made it hard for me. So I started spending time in prayer, researching words. Um, that mutual friend revealed, you know, the, the word metanoia to me uh, and what yeah, it really awesome. meant versus what we think it means. And as a result, um, I have not struggled with the sin that I've struggled with for many years, and I've been completely free for the last three or four right. months. I have not done it at all. all. I right. haven't even thought about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that in and of itself is a grace manifestation for me. Now, I haven't yeah. seen this supernatural stuff that you guys talk about yet. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I posted on Facebook about six months ago that I want to see uh, the supernatural moves of God. And then all of a sudden I get attacked by my Calvinist friends and my Reformed friends, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So that brings me to my first question that actually uh, that mutual friend asked me to ask you guys. And that was, um, how do you guys how do you guys deal or handle with people who debate and argue just for the sake of debating and arguing?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> so, ahead, yeah, man. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, really, uh, you gotta you gotta discern their heart first of all i mean if someone's just going to debate and argue i literally don't engage it because it's not you know I'll just say hey i love you man uh i don't really have time for that or i just don't feel called to it and i mean sometimes they still want to debate you into it but i mean there's you know i think jesus could see that it's why a lot of times he'd he'd say certain things only to his disciples or whatever or people that were open you know and uh there's a lot of guys i mean you know, a lot of people are just walking in their, their old identity and it's propped up by so many other things. They're just not ready to engage, but you know, you just be as kind as possible and maybe bow out, (laughs) bow out as kindly and respectfully as possible. If there's some genuine openness there, then I'll talk, you know, I'll, I'll discuss whatever. Um, but you just got to kind of discern that. And sometimes people are partially open to, and you just kind of go as far as you can or whatever. But, I mean, it's awesome to know that ultimately, I mean, Holy Spirit is speaking the gospel to everyone in a way that they can understand. So it doesn't depend on my, you know, my debating or arguing. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> well, I'm such a perfect example of that because I debated with Matt for a couple of years before I finally had an experience or had an encounter or had God himself directly. Yeah, tell yeah. me the truth. So, but the beauty of it was, Matt was always so gracious toward me. I was living out of state, and I was writing him emails and stuff, and just <clears throat> challenging all these statements or claims that he was making, and claiming they weren't biblical. I was proof texting and thumping him over the head, and and yet he had he still maintained so much grace toward me. <clears throat> of course, for the most maybe part, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the most part. But you know, eventually it was that it was still that grace or that goodness that allowed me the room to continue to hear what he had to say. But you know, ultimately it does take the Holy Spirit. What's fascinating to me is you see Paul's such a good example of someone who had studied the scriptures, the Pharisee and Pharisees, who knew so much and yet it took him get knocked off his donkey. <laughs> actually get the gospel and everything shifted. And that's, to me, that is, I think, has to be true for all of us to some degree. It doesn't have to look like that. But sometimes, you know, even in a a whisper, you know, Holy Spirit, Papa, uh, Jesus is talking. To us, He's leading us, He's guiding us, and he's, and he's offering the gospel afresh every day. You get a new word and a new light. And so we're just there to be a messenger, you know, and try to really represent the main thing, which is love. But sometimes, Amen. You, sometimes you have a word, you can discern. You know, you, you can, the beauty of having the fullness of the Spirit is you can discern what you're dealing with. If you're, you can tell right away, I'm not, I'm talking to somebody who's not going to hear what I have to say. I can just throw a word out there or just say, Hey, I love you, man. And, you know, I appreciate your
3: perspective so good.
1: or whatever, but, um, you know, when you know what you're dealing with. Then if you're led by the spirit, I mean, I've had some amazing experiences where people were literally the spirit was leading me in every word I spoke to them and I would do it like through private messaging. Usually and by the end of it, I could just feel the spirit over the conversation and shift the, the whole, yeah. whole person so yeah it's still it's still up to the spirit you know we're resigned yeah. to that that we're empowered by the spirit and we're led by the spirit and we just kind of follow that lead and it makes it simple <laughs> but remembering to be there all the time because true trust me I'm tempted to just respond by Hardest thing for me on Facebook is not to react to things. And Matt's, right. showing me that. <laughs> Matt's a good example. There's a lot of guys out there that are good examples of those who don't react, you know. So I'm learning to be more proactive in just preaching the gospel. Matt always says, just preach the truth, you know, and uh, let the truth do its thing. We can do nothing against the truth, only for it, so
0: well that's definitely uh that's definitely what I deal with a lot on Facebook, especially this last year like if if you guys knew me a year ago two years ago on Facebook, you know we're friends on Facebook now, but uh two three four years ago, like I basically complained about politics, I complained about yeah. guns, I complained about all of this different stuff, and people knew me as the political you know guy on facebook yeah. and <laughs> um I, I used to argue this stuff all the time. And even though I was a believer and I believed in loving our neighbor as ourselves and, and loving God with everything we, we could love him with, um, you know, my, my outward presentation on Facebook was not necessarily the best in the world. So I, I kind of set out the beginning of this year um, and, and made a decision not to to talk about politics, not to, to do this kind of stuff. And I haven't been for this, this last year with the exception, sometimes I will react when I see, um, people who are in this, uh, what Crowder calls this grace reformation movement. Um, I, I see these people out there, like they're talking about, um, guns are talking about homosexuality. They're talking about all this kind of stuff. And the thing that, that, that I struggle with, honestly, and, and this is just me being transparent is yes, we're supposed to love these people who are homosexual, but the act itself, the sin itself is not supposed to be, um, I I don't know how to word it. I, I think it, it's still a sin. Even though sin is dead, sin is killed. We still have to be woken up to the idea that we are free from it. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. And so I get into these arguments and the other day, and I don't mean to get in arguments. It just tends to happen because I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> um, but the other day I get into this conversation and all of a sudden um, this guy pops up and says, gay is not a sin. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it kind of is scripture says it is, you know, but sin is sin. Let's move on from it. Let's preach that we can be free from it. You know, um, and and of course it was this long drawn out argument I ended up having to withdraw from. What are you guys' thoughts on all that kind of stuff? <laughs> Go ahead,
2: yeah, per- no, That's whatever dude either one, but I mean for me personally, I think the church has been pigeonholed into like two or three arguments and that's the only thing that the world sees right now, you know? It's like everybody, you know, and, and so for me, I just, I usually avoid those topics because it, it steals our voice. You know, I'm, I'm, if I have an individual or someone that's a trusted friend, I'll talk to them about sin issues and stuff. But for the most part, dude, I just want to preach the good news, you know, which, yeah, sometimes the, you know, like I said, in community and relationships, the good news requires us to share, you know, with somebody, something that's poisoning their life or hurting them or whatever. But really, dude, if we just <clears throat> can introduce them to, you know, Abba, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, and that amazing love, dude, and that amazing, you know, just just the, the experience of pure light, pure love that comes from the Trinity, I just feel like, dude, all that stuff gets dealt with, and... Uh, you know there's people debating all day long about this and and literally it's caused I think the church to almost lose its books altogether. In fact, you know the average person on the street doesn't want to have anything to do with Christians because they think we're just you know homophobes and uh judgmental jerks that are trying to tell people what to do when they you know is there some place where to address that stuff? Sure, but like it's you know one one millionth of the message to me, you know. <laughs> So in, in my mind, Jesus showed up from town to town. He he brought healing, and he shared the good news that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And uh, unless you're in, you know, you have a real depth of vulnerable relationship with someone, I think, to talk about sin issues just ends up, you know, like distracting, usually in a huge way, from the good news that people could receive. So that's where I'm at anyway.
0: Well, and I like what you say there Matt um honestly when it comes down to it it is it is an issue that is that isn't really that important in the big scheme of things but right uh, you know it if it is injuring someone we do need a conversation if we have that relationship and that's kind of what yeah, I Yeah mean- exactly dude and I I think that's
2: why people get upset about it is cuz it's usually it's coming up in some context outside of real relationship you know it's like like Facebook for example or you know, some public debate or public sphere. It's like, I, obviously like, no, I, I, you know, don't get me wrong. There's a place to talk to people about things that are hurting them, but you know, nobody likes to be preached out, whether it's about their sexual life, which is an extremely private thing for the most part or anything, you know? So it's like those people that are like telling you what to do about this or that would respond just as harshly if you confront them about any issue in their life. So it's like, Right. You know, the confrontation, I think, and, and sin issues is a really, it's a family thing to me. And uh, that's why, I you know, we want to build up family in the body of Christ. But, uh, you know, that only comes through through trust and relationship and stuff. So, Anywho.
0: Well, I totally like how you uh, address that, uh, Matt. I, I will say that you are much better than I am at that. And I'm still so new at a lot of this stuff when it comes down to it, like trying to reveal this grace to people. I've gotten to the point now where uh, a friend of mine actually said that whenever I post something that's scandalous or whatever, uh, instead of just responding, you know, just leave a little emoticon there, just letting them know that I read it, but I'm not going to respond. Yeah,
2: yeah, right, dude, right. Yeah, man, and you know, so much of this isn't intellectual information. It's like, we just, you know, it's just, the more we bask in that, that, unconditional unending fountain of love that is christ in us you know like uh so many of these arguments and discussions become irrelevant it's like you know usually people only have those a lot of these questions or want to debate when they're not experiencing anything and that's okay um, but i just rather I, mean, I just know the limits of, of language and debate <laughs> it's, yeah. very, it's very limited it's it's you know, uh, we're, we're uh, Jesus said, uh, "Come to me and drink." Not necessarily come to me and think. You know, <laughs> and uh, that doesn't mean you know. Some people are like, "Oh, look, they're preaching to throw out your mind." It's like, no, the the mind is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. You know, yeah. uh, once yeah. once you know, I can debate with my dad all day, or I can just hug him. You know. <laughs> And feel his heart, yeah. and so many of those debates
1: just dissolved, you know. And
0: uh, right. well, and you so much more
1: point,
0: fun. Yeah. living in union,
1: you know. For me, one of the things, first of all, to have a relationship with someone, you must first find some agreement. And most of us, we call ourselves Christians, teach you to find that place of agreement because we all believe in Jesus Christ. And That's what the Lord has shown me. That if we're, you know, we try to find. Agreement, you know, agree with your adversary <laughs> first. Yeah. Because, until you find a place of union, there can't really be a discussion because there's no trust. And it's not up to me to persuade anybody of anything. You know, I used to arrogantly believe that I could change somebody's mind but and change their behavior. And that's why Facebook is such an interesting social experiment But
3: If you remember, you
1: know, what you're dealing with, it's so much easier to say things in in text to someone as opposed to saying it to them face-to-face. Something happens in a dynamic when you're face-to-face with another human being that you won't use words that you might use in a text message. Right.
2: (laughs) Passive aggression is a little harder.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I try to remember that. You know, Jesus even had arguments You know, he argued with the teachers, and he was like the ones that are holding the keys to the kingdom and then blocking others from getting in. Those were the ones he had problems with. Right. And and yet with the people, you know, all the people were still following after him hard. So I think there's a place, you know, there's times when I argue on Facebook, especially if I know someone has a following of people and they're actually preaching something that's hurtful. I'll jump in there and hopefully try to use, you know, some spirit-filled words, but on the other hand, you know, Paul said, if we're, that's why Romans 6 is so powerful, because by the time Paul gets to Romans chapter 6, he's talking about identity to the point where he's like, if you're still talking about sin, that just simply means you don't know who you are yet, and so my shift. You know, shift the subject. Jesus didn't always answer a question directly. You know, is gay sin or is it not sin? And he'd look at him and he might have a completely different answer. And Paul's answer was, dude, you're asking the wrong question. When he got to Romans 6, he's still talking about sin. That just means you don't know who you are yet. And so once on. we grasp this idea that we're holy, that we're perfect, that we're righteous. You know, we're literally the righteousness of God. He's righteous. We become in tune with that, become acquainted with that, or become confronted with that. It's like, oh, my God, I want to be holy because I am holy. So that's yeah, yeah. that's the power that shifts the life, you know, that we're trying to speak into that says, hey, I love you. You're perfect. You're beautiful. I don't care what you do. What I'm interested in is, do you know who you are? And we speak to that? that. If we can stay there, you know, the doing follows the being. Who we think everything in our culture teaches us that our identity is so tied to our performance. Yeah. But even even Joyce Meyer says, separate your who from your do. You know. Come on. My, my who is what drives me, and I never knew I was holy until yeah. I knew I. <laughs> Perfect and righteous, I couldn't walk it out. I couldn't be holy. So now it becomes so much easier to live a sinless life. I don't even think about sin, like
0: sin. Yeah, sin. You
1: no, know, my thoughts are driven by the spirit relationship and this consciousness of my God likeness. That wow, I just walk it out, <laughs> you know. And so we want people to know that. Who yeah. are you? Who you are amazing. So come on. Yeah.
2: Sounds like good news to me. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Great news, absolutely. So, you know, whenever I got a hold of this whole idea of not sinning, like the the I, I would post things on Facebook and, and granted I would have all these Calvinist and Reform friends come out of the woodwork and they would just go after me and they would quote from uh you know, first John, he who uh who claims to be without sin. Um you know uh believes yeah. yeah um and then yeah. i would bring up the verse from uh, i think it's first corinthian or first uh, john chapter 3 and it says right later yeah. in the same book
2: <laughs>
1: yeah expounds on what he was saying he comes to a different conclusion come on nice right.
0: yeah so he's like you know if you still have sin in you you're not in christ you know um and so basically it, that's what I've been like uh embarking on personally, and I really appreciate you, Matt, for like kind of paving the path for a lot of this, even though I didn't actually come to the knowledge of this through you personally, but uh I got kind of a whiff of it from other people, and then all of a sudden I kind of stumbled on you too and um and and started uh researching a lot about all of this stuff and it, it's just amazing um how much we had wrong um and and i had another guy that actually brought this thought up to me and i'll share it with you guys and and tell me what you guys think but he basically was talking about the garden of eden and he said you know that um the garden of eden the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not bad right it's just that god did not want us to partake of it he didn't want us to to concentrate on it he didn't want us to think on it he did not want us to to have the knowledge of what we would have if we ate from that tree right but the enemy sat there and whispered in the, uh, Eve's ear and said, hey, God's wrong. If you eat from this, you'll have the knowledge that he has, that you're, you're better than he is, and, and all this kind of stuff, that you'll be like God with this knowledge. You'll be like him. And so as a result, they ate from the tree, and the, the knowledge puff, uh, knowledge puffs up, right? They, they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they became uh, sinful, then Sin entered through Adam. And sin exited through Jesus, right? So, um, the idea that I got was that knowledge is not necessarily a sin in and of itself, but these folks that are sitting there spending all their time researching and diving into the knowledge piece are missing the love piece that God wants us to actually dive into to begin with the life piece, right? Um, That Jesus died on the cross and that was the tree of life, and we can eat from the bread and drink from the wine and be fully alive in communion with him. Come on. And uh, that's kind of what I got out of that. So what do you guys think about that? That's awesome, man. That's
2: awesome. Yeah, man. I I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's so so interesting, uh, even all the theological arguments that go on in the church, because I think they're only relevant to this small minority of the world's population, you know, sitting around debating all this... uh, all oh, this theology, you know, when, you know, five or six billion people on the planet could care less. <laughs> and I think, you know, uh, that's what, you know, going back to the garden. It, yeah. It was, we were just meant to be eating that tree of life. And uh, I think, you know, the same today, if we just begin to, instead of trying to figure out all of the theological implications, which are, they do have their place. I think, like you said, you know, you know, having some knowledge in some secondary way, has its place and i you know i teach theology and you know whatever but i think for the most part yeah just eating that tree of life and then you know if if our life all of a sudden becomes free from sin people are going to have a hard time arguing with it you know (laughs) they're going to be like well theologically i don't believe you can be free from sin but this guy's just so loving his family's super healthy you know his uh his life is working and firing on every level and uh, I think that that's what some guys reminded me some years ago is like, listen, there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with you. There's going to be a lot of people that, you know, Jesus promised persecution. And with this gospel, we've seen all kinds of persecution. I mean, I've lost, you know, friends we have had pastors warn about us, you know, people all over the world try to thwart different things that we're doing. And But, you know, a, a lot of those people eventually come back and, and say, you know, the fruit of your life spoke to me though
3: they
2: might they might hate you for a while and some of them will hate you for decades and maybe who knows but a lot of them they you know they they can't get the knowledge factor they figured out you know like you said knowledge pops up and we can argue all day on that that level but if the fruit is manifesting you know and that's the fruit of the tree of life it's like eventually people like every you know people People love love, you know. People love joy. <laughs> people well, are so uh, attracted to peace and uh, and that. And then it's like, they're like, you know, I can't figure your theology out, bro. But uh, whatever you're doing, it works, man. <laughs> it's well, working, I, I, dude. And I, and I think it. that's you know letting that time factor play out and feasting. Yeah, you just feasting and 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 partaking of the living virtue of Christ and uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's where it, that is definitely where it's at and maybe uh, adam and eve never even feasted on that you know yeah. maybe they, you don't see any record in the early in genesis of them even eating the tree of life yet so
3: right i think
2: the tree the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil be beca- wouldn't even have tempted them probably if they had already been feasting on the tree of life so <laughs> yeah right
1: yeah exactly now, that's the question for me: what would have happened had they you eaten know, of the tree of life instead yeah
2: yeah but now we have yeah, the but... tree of life in, in us you know just
1: yeah Bringing up from within oh, goodness. us.
2: Goodness.
1: Totally, yeah. Uh, and what we preach too is that we're restored now, at least back to the condition that Adam and Eve were in pre, you know, fallen nature or whatever. It's Yeah, together. and even
2: greater, man. Yeah,
1: even greater. Even greater. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Everybody wants to get back to God. Eden, but we're we're living in the kingdom <laughs> of heaven on earth, like the fullness of God bubbling up out of our belly, dude.
0: <laughs>
1: yes promise is far greater you know Greater. Uh, oh my god
0: well like i think there connected. is
1: something deeply um revelatory in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for me anyway the lord has been teaching me about that for years now but i think it represents a separate mindset you know i think they took a thought even to the point Matt made, you know, don't come to me and think but come to me and drink, you know, they took a thought into themselves which shifted everything. And they became in and of themselves this independent self consciousness. And um one thing the spirit has told me recently is that the spirit has a mind of its own. You know, we're one mind. We're one spirit. We can think his thoughts. We can know his thoughts. And so when Eve was tempted by the thought, it said she looked at that fruit and she desired wisdom. Not knowing that in the tree of life, you know, Corinthians says it's all wisdom in him. The wisdom is in Christ. So we were looking to the wrong source. And when we took that thought into ourselves, we became self-conscious, and it's created what I think is a collective consciousness that's caused what's, we see, it's all the issues, the problems of the world. When God has been standing here all along offering us this awareness of our God consciousness, you know, which is the source, the tree of life, where we become conscious of his thoughts, that's why I think... John 1 says, in the beginning was the word. The word logos, to me now, means literally the consciousness of God. And so this God consciousness is the source of life itself. This logos, the mind of God, the spirit of God. And so we're tapped into that kind of consciousness his thoughts, and so I'm no longer dependent on my own independent self-thoughts, and my own, you know, at one point, Lord's like, where, asked me, like, where does a random thought even come from? Because I realized all of a sudden that thoughts don't necessarily originate in me. I capture them, or I, they just come to me. And I become aware of a thought. Well, I can become aware of an outside thought just as easily as I can now become aware of an inside thought. And my inside thought, the consciousness of my innermost being, is where I'm beginning to tune into now, which is completely different than a, a self-consciousness. <laughs> it's always insecure because it knows it doesn't have the power to sustain itself. That it's literally death, because it's independent of God's mind, His life, and His, you know, his spirit. It's mean. So that's a really important question to me. But it's hard to ask people to lose their minds, <laughs> you know. But if you start looking at so much Scripture, especially a lot of Paul's writings in the New Testament, he talks about don't be operating in the futility of your minds, like the Gentiles. So we still continue to insist on operating in the futility of our own minds, allowing our own puffed-up knowledge to drive us so we're not even in tune with the reality that we're just being self-puffed up. The freedom from (laughs) self-consciousness is amazing. Hey,
0: Amen. Yeah. <laughs> you what's know, uh what's really interesting is uh you, you hear a lot of folks that'll say in the end times people will line up for themselves teachers that'll tickle their ears. Yeah. And um, you know, this this grace message isn't been so much as tickling my ears necessarily, but it is uh something that really uh has brought to life a lot of my my spirit that has been kind of dormant, if that makes sense. Uh,
1: yes, exactly. But the wow. thought that I
0: the thought that I had about that a few weeks ago was that, you know, in the end times people will line up for themselves, teachers that tickle their ears. The thought that I had about that is what if this the the that scripture was specifically about people that will line up for themselves, people that will give them more knowledge. Um mm-hmm. You know, so like the the preachers out there that preach you all this, you know, advanced theology and all this theological understanding and all that kind of stuff. When really all God wants us to be is like children and not really spending time thinking about all this stuff, but just being in him.
2: Yeah, Yeah, man. Come on. Yeah. Exactly, dude. I mean, the itching ear, the good news causes your heart to rejoice and your spirit to rejoice. Some people are afraid of that in the church. we've been, It's like we've been taught, be careful if it sounds too good. That's the itching ears, you know, end times heresy. It's like, well, what about the good news? Isn't the good news allowed to be good to, our, to us? <laughs> <laughs> but we're so yeah. afraid. The church is so filled with fear so often, you know. We're still so afraid of anything that might, uh, actually help our life to feel good and to be, you know, happy or oh. joyful. <laughs>
1: yeah. God forbid it would manifest in something that's not normal. <laughs>
2: Enjoyable. Yeah. <or> whatever.
1: <laughs>
2: oh
0: well, when you consider these things and consider all of the stuff that we've talked about today, uh, you know, there's a lot to this, and I'm still developing. I mean, you've been on this mission for ten years, Lynn. You said about five or six years for yourself. Yeah, we're um,
2: just scratching the surface.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> not only like yeah. six months, five months yeah. into this whole thing, and so you know, I'm sure that as I as I grow and develop in this, I'll learn and I'll I'll experience more things. But you know, I, yeah, I tell man. you, I really really appreciate you guys. I really appreciate your YouTube. Oh, uh, you too, man. And, uh, uh, yours too, Lynn, cause, cause, uh, yeah. you know, I, I'll say that, that when I actually watch your videos on YouTube, man, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, uh, it's, it's almost like daddy is really speaking like, and, and I'm not well, saying you are daddy Lynn, <laughs> not yeah. to me, but, <laughs> but like, right. when I actually watch your videos, it's, it's like, I don't see you. I see, I see daddy, you know? And, uh, oh, wow. And, wow. And, and. You know, and and take that as a prophetic word over you, brother, because I I really get this, this uh, this uh, word of of uh, knowledge over you, brother, that that you you are a a father figure in the body of Christ, and so um, I, I just hope yeah. that if you don't realize that, that you do realize that, because uh, I just get that impression from you, Len. I really do.
1: Wow,
2: we've heard that one. We've he- we definitely well, heard that. <laughs>
1: wow. Well. You know, it comes from having such a revelation on the Father. He took me in a place. He asked me one time, "What's behind the veil?" <laughs> you know, so I allowed myself to crawl through, and I began to get a revelation of the Father. But to learn how to carry this now, after all these years, finally, He's allowing me to try to just be that transparent carrier. And I think that's what,
3: for me, what
1: my heart is for the body of Christ is that we're conveying a message that Paul said. It's not just words of man's wisdom. But these are words that come from an experiential revelation, that when you speak them, they're empowered by the Spirit. They have life on them. And So what I'm trying to do is convey an experience. I don't want to just preach another informational message you know some intellectual knowledge I want to convey and I want us to figure out how to do that you know we're figuring out how to actually convey an experience whether we're using words or whatever that might be it's just like I want you to feel this
3: because
1: there's something in in the heartfelt feeling becomes alive it's beyond an emotion that's so real and so powerful <laughs> we, can, we can convey that then I think that's the gospel
0: well wow. pretty amazing stuff right there Well, yeah. um, we're winding up on an hour we can continue to chat for a few it doesn't look like Lowe's has uh, got here yet so
2: uh, <laughs> we can hey, get hey, right on, a
0: few more minutes if you guys like
2: yeah, either way, man, you tell us.
0: Okay, well, we'll keep going until, uh, uh, for the next few minutes or so, but uh, I'll edit this. Dude, over. we
1: appreciate you. You know, it's guys like you that have taken, hopefully, the, the initiative, you know, to get this message out there and that are willing to be changed and and have your minds changed or, or be willing to, like, be led by the Spirit and say, wait a minute, and be open and humble enough, dude, that's that is so needed right now to have anybody in a position that's trying to speak to the body of Christ, be willing to admit, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I'm yeah. willing, you know?
0: Well, if you guys, have listened, if you guys listen to any of my podcasts and, you know, and I'd encourage you to do it if you get time, but you know, uh, if you listen to any of my podcasts over the last year and a half, um, that I've recorded two years that I've recorded, like my theology has really changed. I mean, I took that first chapter of mystical union serious and and that i I did read uh Romans six uh on several occasions. I don't read it every day, I tried to, but I didn't want to make it into a religion you know <laughs> yeah. Religion. Yeah. um and and I also got uh uh what was it um uh Winnie, uh, what's what's her last name? Benov
3: oh, yeah, I got Come her, on, dude, yeah.
0: I got Winnie Benov's uh, book, Romans six. It's like her little uh, guide for you know, like a yes. supernatural school that she's got going on. And I really enjoy it. Like, um, I didn't realize that it was actually like a little workbook. I thought it was like an actual book um, mm-hmm. when I got it, but I've I really enjoyed it. Um, but I'll tell you, you mentioned something a minute ago, uh, Lynn. You said that that the father has shown you. Uh, a way through the veil and i had this revelation this other day that the veil has always been our creation that god yeah. never really wanted the veil there but that we had yeah. to keep hiding behind something yeah. because we were afraid you know and, yeah. and so like in the garden of eden when the when they when it was revealed to them that they were naked the first thing they did was they made aprons for themselves and they hid their nakedness behind the aprons and then mm-hmm. When God came into the garden looking for them, you know, um, Adam and Eve both hid behind bushes and trees, you know, yeah. as the fig leaves could hide them. They decided to hide behind bushes and trees and that didn't <laughs> hide them either. And so when God did find them, Adam hid behind his wife.
3: Mm-hmm. So wow. mm-hmm.
0: we found ways to keep hiding behind things, um, and I just got this thought just now. The tabernacle was actually three layers. You had the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. Well, those are three hiding spots. You know, um, that's the three hiding spots that Adam had in the Garden of Eden. You know, the three hiding spots we have in the tabernacle. You know, the temple was built the same way. God never des- desired a temple. He never desired a tabernacle. He wanted us to be in union and communion with Him the entire time. But we kept demanding, saying, hey, we need something between you and us. We need a mediator because we yeah. can't do it ourselves. We're terrified. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that veil was there to protect us from God, not God from us. Um, and and so we put it there because we were, we were terrified, and Jesus came and tore that veil and opened it up so that we Come could on. reveal what the Holy of Holies was and that that Holy of Holies is us. We are the Holy of Holies. Yeah, know? yeah, dude. Inside of us is the Holy of Holies. And so, you know, um, that, that whole idea just broke me down the other day. You know, it really did. Awesome. The idea that yes. for centuries and for millennia, we've hid, we've hid, we've hid. We've yeah. gotten inside of tents to conceal ourselves. And we, we set up buildings and churches to go to to find God because we can't, we, we're afraid to have God where we're at. You know, yeah, um, yes, so that I don't guess that's that. the mission of the Warriors' Cry is really just revealing this idea to the body of Christ that we are in union with God, and that yeah. we are in unity with God, because you can't have yeah. unity with God unless you realize who you are in Christ.
2: Yes, yeah. and he's a God that we don't have to be afraid of, you know, in that way. People talk about the fear of the Lord all the time, but, uh, I mean, uh, Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, and uh, it's not about being afraid of our daddy, you know. Um, You know, the the first John 4 says, perfect love casts out all fear, and so it's like most of us are still, you know, we still struggle with this inadequacy, this insecurity. If I was really face-to-face with God, you know, God would wouldn't like me or would have to destroy me or at least would have to push me to somewhere, the outer courts, like you said, you know, or somewhere. But uh, in, in Christ, we not only get a revelation of union with God, who this God is like that we're united with it. it I'm so glad that, you know, the goodness of God is being revealed more and more and more. And I think, you know, one of, one of our goals has always been that old phrase that, you know, is it even possible to exaggerate the goodness of God? Well, (laughs) let's, let's explore how far that can go. How good is this God? You know, how good is our father? And uh, that no one would ever feel the need to hide from love himself, you know, to hide from the one who spread his arms and his heart wide open on the very day that we said all humanity said we wanted to kill him, you know, (laughs) the goodness of this God. We would no longer hide. Hallelujah.
3: Yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful.
1: I think about Ephesians 4, dude, for your, your mission statement on your... Warriors Cry podcast. I, I love Ephesians four. I've been stuck there for a few years now, but Paul expounds even prophetically on what this body of Christ is going to look like and as we go from this fivefold ministry beyond. What he said is that you know we have these leaders in place until each of us become aware of our own into the fullness of that one perfect man, maybe that's the second coming. But that's why my heart is for each of us to get it so personal. Because he goes on to say, even in that chapter, that we
0: slip out of the old man
1: and slip in.
2: So Much of the life is get you know, it's awesome to talk theology, but then to go back and in, in your own private life somewhere and just talk to Abba about this stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, experience it's like even within our union, sometimes we can just get caught up on the concepts and forget, oh, it's a union with relationship, too, you know,
1: right? Let's
2: let's experience yeah. that Trinitarian relationship that we have. Yeah, so good. The,
1: uh... Yeah, that's oh my god, yeah, that's. For me too is to convince people that we can literally have a relationship with the God of the Universe. He's a person. Amen. He may not be visible. You know what if he's invisible? But that makes him available to everybody. Infinitely, you know, um, available.
0: Well, he's both invisible and tangible and physical and surreal, yeah. and all around. Him. Yeah,
2: man. Yeah, he's still in the body of Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> uh-huh. All right, guys.
0: well, I think we're gonna go ahead and start winding down. I really appreciate the conversation cool, guys yeah, uh yeah, you can edit this down, and I'll have this uh episode up in the next few days, but I really appreciate
2: appreciate sounds it great. It's an honor, yeah,
0: taking time out with me and uh maybe sometime uh maybe sometime I'll get up to uh Fort Wayne and get to experience your community oh. up there Matt. I would love to to see that yeah time. My- Anytime. Yeah, we'd love to have you, dude, yeah. That'd be really oh, yeah. uh, cool. Um, I'm going to my uh, first mystical school of John Crowder in Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> oh, cool. Crowder.
1: Cool. So. You going with um, Alec? Yeah. You going with Alec Martin and guys?
0: Uh, Well, no, uh, Anthony Golden and. uh oh, okay. And um, yeah. we've got another guy, yeah. David. Um, dang, I can't think of his last name. David uh King, I think, coming out from uh Bethel in California. Sweet. So, cool, man. It's uh oh, that'll it's, be a great time. My wife's yeah. a little scared because uh I don't know these people in real life and she's like, These guys could be serial killers and I'm like, Well <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, they picked it's a, funny, a funny stream to hang <laughs> out with, yeah. <laughs>
0: so if that's the case, then I guess I'll be going home to my daddy sooner than later. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. not.
3: I, I hope uh, not. Funny, dude. Whoa, faith is a risk, dude. Wow. Mm.
0: Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> But uh yeah, it was a really fun conversation. Um I'm I'm super glad to have get, have gotten you guys on. I think uh Matt, you're going to be going to uh India with Crowder next year, right?
2: Yeah, we're we're about to leave for four months of missions starting just after Christmas. So we're actually gonna be in uh we're gonna go all through Central America and uh spend a couple months in Nicaragua and then yeah, we're meeting John over in uh in India and, and Nepal. And then we're gonna stay on there for a few weeks after that trip as well, so oh, wow. we're gearing up for a wild adventure yeah <laughs> uh, that sounds,
0: that sounds uh, fun I, I can tell you I've never really gotten uh i don't know the 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 whole mission thing I've never really gotten a hold of, but you know I'd love to to go to visit in another country uh with oh, yeah man message but uh yeah. Hey,
2: to me it's the same here or there. You know, you just share the yeah. good news with every everybody you encounter, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, but you know we've always been a little wild adventurers. I just love to experience Christ all over the world. So,
3: but,
2: yeah, <laughs> just share the the good news is the same. People are the same. We all want to be loved by God and mm. have a full life. So, mm. good.
0: man, well, we'll be praying yeah. that as you travel and. uh Uh, hoping, uh, that, that, uh, everything works out well for you. And, uh, uh, really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, both of you guys are, 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 I'm glad to have you guys as brothers now, uh, and get to know you guys. So, uh, but anyway, thanks for coming on and, uh, stay tuned for final thoughts, uh, with us guys. And, uh, we'll just continue on from there. you listening to it again is uh (laughs) it's a very good uh interesting uh interview and uh you know lynn and uh matt both are just amazing guys and i'm uh, honestly i am uh humbled at the fact that i got to know them got to meet them and uh you know we're hopefully going to keep in touch you know i'd like to go up and uh check out his uh community he's got going on up in fort wayne and um and check all that stuff out. But anyway, you can check out his YouTube channel at You Are Gods uh, on uh, YouTube. And you can also follow him on Facebook as well as uh, he's got a few groups that he manages as well. Um, I can't remember them off the top of my head. But uh, anywho, um, so yeah, uh, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Warriors Cry. Um, like, subscribe, share, check out everything that we post, and keep, uh, keep in touch with us and let us know if there's anything you'd like to hear on the podcast, anything that you would like to hear, uh, hear me discuss, uh, anybody that you'd like me to talk to. I'd love to hear from you guys, so just send us an email at thewarriorscry at gmail.com. And, of course, we do have a Patreon as well. That is uh, patreon.com forward slash cry. Um, if it doesn't act like it wants to work, just, you know, send me an email or whatever. I've got to do a little bit of work on trying to fix that. And I also got to get caught up on my show notes. So, uh, I'm convicted about that and I need to get it done. But, uh, I really appreciate you guys tuning in the holiday season and working in retail is pretty tough. And then everything has been going on with my family. Uh, but I really, really appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, next time we will have a, uh, probably i've got mark rayner that might be on um we're going to try to talk to him and see when i can get him on and we've got a few other people lined up that i'd like to try to get on uh but anyway um just remember that unity in the body of christ uh is important and without unity there is no place in the body of christ i love you guys and uh Oh, and by the way, check out the Firehouse Projects uh, podcast as well for Matt Spinks. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, love you guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, And I'll say thanks for listening again. Peace.